This podcast is made possible by thousands of dedicated listeners just like you. Be a part of this powerful three-decade legacy of evangelization by visiting materdayradio.com or downloading the Hail Mary media app. And thank you for joining us on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. In the book of Hebrews, chapter 4, verse 12, it says, Indeed, the Word of God is living and effective, sharper than any two-edged sword, penetrating even between soul and spirit, joints and marrow, and able to discern reflections and thoughts of the heart. Yes, the Word of God is living and effective today in my life and in yours. And that's the very reason why I'm offering this weekly podcast where I reflect upon the liturgical scripture readings for the Sunday Mass. So now, please join me on Faith Moments with Dina Marie as we break open the Word of God together, inviting His Word to change our lives forever. Welcome to Faith Moments with Dina Marie, a weekly podcast to proclaim and to ponder our Sunday Mass readings. Well, here we are, folks. We are into the second Sunday of Easter. And thanks to St. Faustina Kowalska and Pope, St. Great, St. the Great, Pope John Paul II, we have this Feast of Divine Mercy Sunday, the second Sunday, and it's the close of the octave of Easter. Easter holds on for 50 days for the entire feast, but for these first eight days, there's this beautiful octave, and we have what is known as the Divine Mercy Novena. We have a novena that begins on Good Friday and continues through the Saturday Vigil, before this Divine Mercy Sunday. So there's a lot going on here. The most important thing to know is it's all about God pouring out upon the whole world his divine graces. And so what I want to do to begin today's program is to read from you the ninth day intentions for the nine day novena to the divine mercy. And some of you might be saying, oh no, I, I missed the I missed the novena. You can always pray a novena. And in fact, I heard that Mother Teresa, when she didn't have enough time to pray nine days before, maybe a particular important decision was to be made, or she was looking at you know, building an orphanage somewhere and she needed an answer from God, she would simply pray nine memorare prayers in a row. And typically she'd be able to receive the gift that she was praying for. So, but this divine mercy novena particularly is prayed the nine days before the vigil of this Sunday, divine mercy Sunday. But if you missed it, start today, start when you hear this podcast and there will be resources I'll, I'll provide for you here in the description but get a hold of the chaplet of Divine Mercy and the Divine Mercy Novena. Lots of information available for it online. But there are particular intentions for each day, and the intentions are for a particular group of people. I have a whole series of podcasts that talk about this, but I really believe this ninth day, probably you may find yourself in that group. I know I was in this group for a while, and we know many people that we love that fall into this group. And what we want to pray for today is for God's divine mercy to touch these people. And this is the ninth day novena intention. Today, bring to me, and this is Jesus's words. Jesus is saying, bring to me these souls 
the souls who have become lukewarm and immerse them in the abyss of my mercy. Do you know anyone who's lukewarm in their faith, in their belief in God? We probably know many, but Jesus is asking us to give them to him on this day for his divine mercy. Most compassionate Jesus, you are compassion itself. I bring lukewarm souls into the abode of your most compassionate heart. In this fire of your pure love, let these tepid souls who like corpses filled you with such deep loathing be once again set aflame. O most compassionate Jesus, exercise the omnipotence of your mercy and draw them into the very ardor of your love and bestow upon them the gift of holy love for nothing is beyond your power. Eternal Father, turn your merciful gaze upon lukewarm souls who are nonetheless enfolded in the most compassionate heart of Jesus. Father of mercy, I beg you by the bitter passion of your son and by his three-hour agony on the cross, let them too glorify the abyss of your mercy. Amen. And just in this time that we are going to read and hear the word of God, reflect upon these readings that are proclaimed on this Sunday in Easter, remember this divine mercy novena. That's why I have this image of the divine mercy to remind us of the message that St. Faustina was told to proclaim on the image itself, Jesus, I trust in you. And there are no souls that aren't wanting to be drawn into the mercy of God. God wants to draw each of those souls. And for the lukewarm souls, God is saying today, draw them into my most divine and compassionate heart. Let's get into our readings today. The second Sunday of Easter, in fact, every day of Easter, as I've mentioned before, we hear from the Acts of the Apostles. And it's such a beautiful account. We hear this witness of faith. And what I really feel like this particular Sunday reflects is from fear to faith from fear to faith. This is what we see really being lived out in the Acts, and then we'll actually hear it. We'll hear the transition in the gospel reading today. So let's get to reading. This is from Acts chapter 5, verses 12 through 16, a reading from the Acts of the Apostles. Many signs and wonders were done among the people at the hands of the apostles. They were all together in Solomon's portico. None of the others dared to join them, but the people esteemed them. Yet more than ever, believers in the Lord, great numbers of men and women were added to them. Thus, they even carried the sick out into the streets and laid them on cots and mats so that when Peter came by, at least his shadow might fall on one or another of them. A large number of people from the towns in the vicinity of Jerusalem also gathered, bringing the sick and those disturbed by unclean spirits, and they were all cured. The word of the Lord. Our responsorial psalm comes from Psalm 118. And when I read in, in one of the versions of my Bible, it 
uses the word love instead of the word mercy. But we really, if we think about God is love, we think about the beautiful document by Pope Benedict the 16th who wrote about God is love, God is mercy, that word mercy and love can be interchangeable as we really look at the true meaning of love and mercy as it relates to God. So here's the responsorial psalm. It's beautiful. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His love is everlasting. Let the house of Israel say his mercy endures forever. Let the house of Aaron say his mercy endures forever. Let those who fear the Lord say, his mercy endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His love is everlasting. I was hard pressed and was falling, but the Lord helped me. My strength and my courage is the Lord and he has been my savior. The joyful shout of victory in the tents of the just. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love is everlasting. The stone, which the builders rejected, has become the cornerstone. By the Lord, this has been done. It is wonderful in our eyes. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us be glad and rejoice in it. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love is everlasting. Our second reading comes from the book of Revelation, chapter one. A reading from the book of Revelation. I, John, your brother, who share with you the distress, the kingdom, and the endurance we have in Jesus, found myself on the island called Patmos because I proclaimed God's word and gave testimony to Jesus. I was caught up in spirit on the Lord's day and heard behind me a voice as loud as a trumpet, which said, write on a scroll what you see. Then I turned to see whose voice it was that spoke to me. And when I turned, I saw seven gold lampstands, and in the midst of the lampstands, one like a son of man, wearing an ankle-length robe with a gold sash around his chest. When I caught sight of him, I fell down at his feet as though dead. He touched me with his right hand and said, do not be afraid. I am the first and the last, the one who lives. Once I was dead, but now I am alive forever and ever. I hold the keys to death and the netherworld. Write down, therefore, what you have seen and what is happening and what will happen afterwards. The word of the Lord. Our gospel for the second Sunday, Divine Mercy Sunday in Easter comes from the gospel according to John. On the evening of that first day of the week, when the doors were locked, where the disciples were for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in their midst and said to them, Peace be with you. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. The disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive 
the Holy Spirit, whose sins you forgive are forgiven them, and whose sins you retain are retained. Thomas, called Didymus, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples said to him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see the mark of the nails in his hands, and put my finger into the nail marks, and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. Now, a week later, his disciples were again inside, and Thomas was with them. Jesus came, although the doors were locked, and stood in their midst and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands, and bring your hand and put it into my side, and do not be unbelieving, but believe. Thomas answered and said to him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Have you come to believe because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and have believed. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples that are not written in this book, but these are written that you may come to believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that through this belief, you may have life in his name. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, we could spend all day on these readings and certainly the proclamation of Easter. Before I get into my reflection, I do want to mention one book. And I'm really just starting this book, so I can't tell you a, a bunch about it. But Archbishop Sample and Bishop Peter Smith both talked about going to a retreat this past year. And Abbot Jeremy Driscoll, who is the abbot of Mount Angel Abbey and Seminary with the Benedictines, released this book called Awesome Glory. It's Resurrection in Scripture, Liturgy, and Theology. And some of the conferences that Abbot gave were about this book and particularly about the resurrection. And so I, I was inspired to pick up the book and to start to read it. It really would be best read, I believe, as you begin Lent and then move through the entire time of Easter. But I just received the book. And one of the themes just early on about the resurrection, I'll get to that, that Abbot Jeremy opens up in such a beautiful way. I cannot give it justice. I encourage you to look at the book and I'll, I'll try to reflect a little bit on that when we get to the gospel. But I want to look at the Acts of the Apostles. I love the Acts of the Apostles. And one of the commentaries I read about this particular account, because we're seeing here more and more people are added to the group of the band of Christians. You know, the Christian community is slowly growing as the signs and wonders. The very first sentence says many signs and wonders were done at the hands of the apostles. And so the people saw, many people saw the signs and wonders and miracles of Jesus. Now Jesus is dead. Oh, but he rose from the dead. The resurrection, there are stories of the accounts of his resurrection, his appearance to these different people here and on the way to the Emmaus and on the way to see the, the women. He encountered these women. 
and of course the apostles themselves. And so people are now coming to believe in the midst of his followers, his followers that miraculously are confident, they are courageous, they are bold, and they are messengers of Jesus Christ, crucified and risen, our redeemer, our savior, the son of God. And so the people want to touch this, they want to be near it, and still probably fascinated, curious, all different kinds of emotions have to be going on with these people who are there at that time. I don't think we could even imagine. Now, if you've been to Jerusalem, you know, you might be able to put yourself historically in that space, but to have those encounters, to hear those stories over the three years of the public life of Jesus from the wedding feast of Canaan, the miraculous wine, water into wine, all these little accounts, and you're part of the story. I don't know if we can really imagine what would we be doing? Would we be a follower of Jesus? Would we, would we have been there at the foot of the cross? We, would we be hiding somewhere? Uh, would we boldly stand out? And, and maybe if you were a cripple, if you were mute, if you were lame, if you were possessed by a demon, as it says here, you know, people are coming from different towns and villages to just listen to this. At least his shadow might fall on one of them, you know, and there were healings at the shadow falling from Peter onto a person. It's just incredible. This isn't Peter doing this. This is through Peter's total cooperation and submission to the Lord. I'm going to live for the Lord. I'm going to glorify the Lord through my life. Now his witness, he's been given the gift of the Holy Spirit that now Miraculous things are being worked through him to the people. How, why? To draw people, not to Peter, but Peter's going to reflect them back to the Lord, to the Lord, to the Lord. If people wonder, why do you have a devotion to the Blessed Mother? Why, why, are, there, why are there so many Catholics who pray to Mary all the time? Because Mary is the closest human being who's ever been with the Lord. Can you imagine, not only did she carry the Lord in her womb for nine months, by the power of the Holy Spirit conceived, that she, she raised Jesus with Joseph. She was there at every moment of Jesus's development, totally divine, totally human. She is the only human person who has witnessed from the very conception of Jesus, God entering into this world at this moment, at this time, Mary was there. Mary was there. Who wouldn't want to have a connection with Mary if they love Jesus Christ, her son, if they believe Jesus is the son of God, if they believe he is the redeemer, the, the savior of the world, you must have a relationship with the blessed Virgin Mary. Think about it if you don't already have a relationship with Mary, because she will draw us to the Lord. That's her role is to bring souls to her son's most compassionate and divine, merciful heart. So we see evidence of the Holy Spirit's work in the acts of the apostles. And I think that's what's so, for me, exciting about Easter is we remember the story of the beginning of our faith, the beginning of our faith in the life of the apostles. And, and we, we should 
get that zeal in our own lives. Okay, how can I be more zealous for the Lord? How can I be more uh, bringing about the gifts of the Holy Spirit that have come to me in baptism, in confirmation, in the gift of confession? When we receive that holy absolution and, and God himself absolves us of our sins, we receive gifts of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's working through us every time we receive beautiful, holy sacrament of the Eucharist. Jesus is working in us, and that is a beautiful gift. The one thing I'll mention about Revelation, there's so much, uh, there's so much about Revelation. I'll have to mention this at another, another podcast, because I would go into another story about John and the writing of Revelation. But what jumped out to me in, in the scripture is when John says, he touched me with his right hand and said, do not be afraid. And that God is revealing to this John in this scripture, do not be afraid. How many times do we hear the Lord saying to the apostles, do not be afraid, fear not. We hear this over and over. And also in the Old Testament, be not afraid. I will not fear because the Lord is at my side. This comfort, this consolation that even though this one is in Patmos in a penal colony, so he's being tossed out as a criminal, who knows how he's been treated physically, emotionally, spiritually, but God in Jesus Christ is saying, be not afraid. And what this tells me, be not afraid, Dina Marie, be not afraid, brother, sister of the Lord. Don't be afraid in the midst of your troubles, your trials, your isolations, be not afraid. All right. We don't have a whole lot of time but the gospel according to John. And this is what I want to share from what I was just gleaning from Abbot Jeremy's beautiful book on awesome glory is we, we read that on the first night, and yes, there's different accounts of the gospel of these different encounters with Jesus. But here in the gospel of John chapter 20, on the evening of the first night of the week, first day of the week. So this is Sunday. Jesus rose on Sunday morning. And that same Sunday evening of the resurrection, he comes to his apostles who are what? Fearful. Their fear mimics his passion, his death, his crucifixion, the horrible things that have gone on to their master. They've seen him arrested and, and mistreated and and brutalized and, and then crucified and they ran and they were fearful in that time when darkness was in control, when God was always in control, but, but this was the time of darkness. You know, Jesus even says, this is your time, darkness. When darkness is in control, that passion of Jesus dying, the apostles are fearful. They're confused as, as Jesus's body is dying and dead and buried in the tomb, so are the apostles dead. They're lifeless. They're fearful. They're reflecting their master in that darkness of that moment. But then Jesus is resurrected, the light, the new life. I am the new life. I am the light of the world. 
with me, all things are new. And then here, all of a sudden, within a day of Jesus's resurrection, less than a day, he comes to his people and he says, peace be with you. In his glorified body, in his new life, the new life that will never end, the new life that is eternal life, he has power and his victory over death. And now the apostles, from their fear, now their bodies are reflecting the body of Christ. Now they're the body of Christ, the church, the new body that will grow. And in the first reading, start to bring new members. The body of Christ will grow and add and be fortified and be strengthened. And so with that encounter, encounter with the living, risen, resurrected, I love it, awesome glory of God, the awesomeness. When, when the apostles encounter his awesome glory, now they're renewed. Now they're refreshed. Now they get their strength. And then what happens? Whoa, receive the Holy Spirit. I just think about, we witnessed, oh my goodness, like 15 plus, and that might not be a big number for you, but for us witnessing these baptisms and confirmations in our church at Easter Vigil and the priest with the oil receive the Holy Spirit. And what immediately happens, see right there, Jesus gives the apostles that power through the Holy Spirit, whose sins you forgive are forgiven them, and whose sins you retain are retained. See, now what has only been done by God, forgiveness of sins. You hear it in the Gospels, time after time after time, all of the high priests and the Pharisees and the Sadducees, who do you say you are, Jesus, you can forgive sins? How many times did Jesus tell the people who were sick, your sins have been forgiven? And that blew the Jewish community away. This cannot be happening. But Jesus comes and he gives the power of the Holy Spirit to forgive sins to these apostles and apostle and bishop after bishop after bishop after priest who ordains in the priesthood that same Holy Spirit to forgive sins works through the apostolic line, starting from Peter all the way down to my father, Brian, and my father, Michael, at the parishes I go to in the Archdiocese of Seattle, whose sins you forgive are forgiven them and whose sins you retain are retained. That's the power of the Holy Spirit given to the apostles on the first day on Sunday by Jesus Christ, their risen Lord. And, and there's even more, right? Thomas is in there. I'm not even going to go into that. When we encounter the risen Lord, the awesome glory of the risen Lord, and we encounter this Jesus Christ, the divine mercy, he is the divine mercy. The power of the Holy Spirit can work through us. We need to be open. When the apostles were fearful, 
locking themselves in a room, hiding. We have to open, open the door of our heart, open the door of our heart, open the eyes of our heart, Lord. That's what we do. Open the eyes of our heart and receive the gifts of the Holy Spirit. They come through the sacraments of the church. So get the sacraments of the church, baptism, confirmation, Holy Eucharist, receive those. And particularly during this time of divine mercy, let's receive the sacrament of holy confession of penance. Come Holy Spirit, come. I'm gonna close with this powerful prayer. It's called the prayer for divine mercy. Oh, greatly merciful God, infinite goodness, Today, all mankind calls out from the abyss of its misery to your mercy, to your compassion, O God. And it is with its mighty voice of misery that it cries out, gracious God, do not reject the prayer of this earth's exiles. O Lord, goodness beyond our understanding, who are acquainted with our misery through and through, and know that by your own power, we cannot ascend to you. We implore you, anticipate us with your grace and keep on increasing your mercy in us that we may faithfully do your holy will all through our life and at death's hour. Let the omnipotence of your mercy shield us from the darts of your salvation's enemies that we may with confidence as your children await your final coming, that day known to you alone. And we expect to obtain everything promised us by Jesus in spite of all our wretchedness. For Jesus is our hope through his merciful heart as through an open gate, we pass through to heaven. Jesus, I trust in you. Jesus, I trust in you. Jesus, I trust in you. You have been listening to Faith Moments with Dina Marie. Reflections upon the liturgical scripture readings for the Sunday Mass. New podcast episodes are released weekly through the generous support of Mater Dei Radio. To learn more about Faith Moments with Dina Marie, visit me online at dinamarie.org. That's dinamarie.org. May you have a blessed week. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider sharing it with a friend. You can support this vital mission of evangelization through materdayradio.com or the Hail Mary media app. And thank you for helping us lead souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary.